there's all 8 billion people in the world. And out of the 8 billion people in the world, you are the ones who are breaking the ice into the new territory. And so I feel very honored to be in your company, that, you're, that you have enough courage to, to, to walk out into an area of human existence that is not well paved, that is actually raw territory, and that you have the courage to join with people you don't know yet and, and engage in a possibly life-changing conversation that could reorient you towards things that most people in your life are convinced 100% are true. <clears throat> and you, <clears throat> excuse me, after this conversation, you might have expanded your thought where or built out and inhabited new territory that will allow you to have compassion for people who still live in a material value world when in fact they have they they do value what you're what you're exploring in terms of a non-material value world together so i just i'm welcoming everyone in in saying how respectful i am of your your time today and your attention today and your courage today to embrace something that's pretty much new territory. And Chloe, is there a particular, uh, can you make a little introduction? Yes. I mean, from what you said, about this revolution or this evolution of this radicalness is that the name of this space or work talk is called a shift from material value culture or thoughtware to a non-material value culture thoughtware. And it can seem that then the invitation is to slide from one to the next. And in my experience, that doesn't really happen like that. What happens is that there's a universe called the material value culture. And part of the invitation that we made or the, the little writing that we made was about money. But really this material value culture and thoughtware is a lot more pervasive, even in our way to relate to ourselves or to others. So it's not just about resources. It's not just about money. It's a whole built-in, universe that makes complete sense when you're inside of it. That, for example, relies on the foundation of, I need money to live. Or for me to have value, I need to be doing something. Whatever, the, those are some of the foundation of this material value culture. And the non-material value culture is an entire other universe. And I, you know, maybe, you know, you could have a foot in one and a foot in other, but I think if you have a foot in, in either, e either culture, it's very painful because they function very differently. They're, they're just, their functioning is very different. So the invitation here, I think we'll make is to, 
move like whatever start start off the possibility of starting off in the non-material value culture as an entire new relationship to the world i'd like to ask a question as we're getting started here about how many of you have already been in the three or five day expand the box training would you just put your hand up if you've been in that already okay it's okay thank you and how many of you have already been in a possibility lab? Wow. Whoa. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, we're starting with a head start, a big head start. And I, I feel really glad about that because mm, there's so much kind of foundational basis of information that comes from the expand the box training in the possibility lab situation that would you know we only have a couple of hours here to talk about this and really it's a five day conversation so um, do you, do you all i hope that you all have some kind of a, a little book or something that you could write in we'd like to actually have you take or make a couple of notes for yourself if you don't have one if you want to jump up and grab something now that would be great we'll just grab a pen and a paper and have be ready. Thank you. So I would like to open this doorway of a word that's difficult to define, but is commonly, is so commonly integrated into our language and our thinking. And the word is called, is being. This word being. And so we know, we sometimes equate, or anyway, I equate being to being alive, for example. If I'm being, then I'm here. If I'm being, then I'm present. If I'm being, then I'm, I take up space or I uh, occupy space. And the, the, the question of being is, and <clears throat> I want to connect it with another word that we're familiar with is the word is possibility. So if you if you connect being and possibility, like for example, I have a pen right next to me. This is a, a little pen. I got it from Michael Portner's house. It's made from wood and it has plastic and metal and ink. And I use it every day a lot. And so this pen has value for me. I value this pen. Now, the thing is that over here is another pen. So it is not this particular physical object pen that I actually value. What I value is this object's ability to, I can use it to, to alchemically change a thought into ink on paper. This is an alchemical transformation process, but it could be this pen. Or it could be another pen over there. It is not this particular physical object that has value to me. It's the possibility that this pen represents and gives to me to do the alchemical transformation of writing onto paper. That value, that possibility is what I value. It's the possibility that I value. And there's a leap to make between an, a physical object and a human being because it's true we're physical objects. I mean, there's physicality here, 
at the same time, there's this potential or possibility of the, the, the nature of being the complex possibilities available through the nature of the being of a human being. So I put words to that, even though it's our daily experience. We walk down the street or we, we visit somebody or even talk to somebody on, on a phone like this, on the video phone, and we are connected being to being. And there's a being, I, I don't know if you have amplified your sensation of the, the being to being connection that happens even over a long distance. So while I'm talking, you can do this little experiment of choose one of the people on the screen here, choose one and try to look in their eyes. Try to look in their eyes a little more deeply, but sense down here, a kind of a being to being connection that's happening in this space that Anne Chloe and I and some of you are also holding. We are holding a space in which a being to being connection can happen as if we were sitting at the same table together in the same cafe or same room. We're sitting together and you can experience, if you look closely in someone's eyes, kind of get out of your mind a little bit, kind of open up your vulnerability and you can feel this being to being connection even with people you never met before. So I'm, how many people can feel that? That can you sense this being to being connection right now at a long distance, even with people that you might not have met before? Okay, this being to being connection has a different quality with each different person. So now look at a another person, look at a different person on the screen and also make a being to being connection. Choose a person that you would normally avoid looking at. We have this unconscious tendency to look at or connect with certain people that we're familiar with, that we're, we like, or we're attracted to. Okay. Now, now connect with someone who you, you don't like, or you're not attracted to. And you can notice that you can still have this being to being connection with them, but it's a different quality, it has a different quality. And the question then is your mind, okay, why did I, you know, if Clinton didn't say, look at a person you don't like, would I have looked at them for the whole time we're on this conversation? Would I have looked at that person or would I have automatically not looked at that person? And so we go through our day choosing what we look at and what we look at or what we connect with or not connect with in terms of a quality of being of a person based on unconscious choices. So part of what we're doing here, part of what I want to do is start making the choice more conscious. Start making the choice conscious about what's the value for you in connecting being to being with this person what is the value? And then, and then you can add to that the value of connecting being to being with a person that you're not attracted to 
on the surface? And what's the qualitative difference of those two things? Would, can anybody, would anybody be willing to share what you just noticed in this little experiment that we were doing? Is anybody willing to share? about that, how that was for you? What did you notice? Yes. Naomi. Can you hear me well? Yeah. Yes. Yes. The first time I, I looked at somebody that I sensed familiarity with and it created a sense of homecoming and of relaxing and of togetherness. And the second time I experienced it was more a search and a question and a, a wanting to wanting to know what what is there that is not creating that sense for me that easily or naturally and it even it brought up some sadness as well it was more uh, there was like this resistance that i wanted to kind of go through thank you thank you somebody else yes so I experienced the shift that like to the second person was a lot about I still could feel our connection in the being to being but I sensed a lot more that the other person is a different person than I am and yeah and that that to me it opened up even more possibilities on on how to relate because there's more there's more questions in me as well Thank you, Marcus. So one of the, one of what you just told us is that one of the qualities of our ordinary sort of unconscious searching for being to being connection is searching for people that are the same as us. What, like, like this home feeling or familiarity or comfort. And then what you, what you noticed was that if you if you connect with somebody who is not your automatic unconscious attracted to sort of being, then what happens is is two two more different qualities of being are connecting, and there's much more opportunity for a different kind of collaboration or a different kind of connection or different kinds of questions or investigations. But that's what's opening up. So thank you for indicating that. Would somebody else like to share also? Yeah, I, I noticed that the first people I connected with more than one person with the, when you started and they were all women. And when I opened the the um, doorway, the doorway to go to uh, you know to unfamiliar people to connect with, I noticed that I had the men um, like on my side, but I, energetically, but I have not been like directly connecting with them. As I started directly connecting with the men, and it brought some shift in. Um, I'm not alone, like as a man. So something happened there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would 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 another person like to share? 
Yeah, I had a similar and different experience in that I first connected with a woman that was a natural, like a familiar woman. And then I shifted to connect with a man that I don't know. And I, I relate to that in different possible, it's like a more open, wider space that is not familiar. There's more possibility for me in that I don't know. Like there's more to explore, a wider field. Thank you. So what I'm asking you to do now is get your pen and paper. And when you write, it's, it'll be a little weird, but it works, which is when you write something in your paper, also say it out loud. And the, the difficulty is everybody will be writing at the same time, but we can only speak one at a time. So it's okay if there's a little overlap, but if there's a a gap when somebody's not saying something, just start to say something. What I'd like you to do is write down the value of the connection, the being to being connection. What's the value of, of the different people? So, you know, I, I make this connection to Vicente and I, I have, there's a quality of being that Vicente, I see he's like locked in a car or something like that. He's in some kind of a cave, but he's, he has this courage. And I, and I, so a quality of being is his persistence, his courage, like his, his, he wants to have this meeting with us, even if he has to go sit alone in a car. And he has this necessity, his being has this necessity for investigating and and insistence, like he's a, he's a researcher. He's, he, he must do this, even no matter what the neighbors think or his family thinks. And so this, these are qualities of being. And so I'm writing those down. And then, then I shift over and I, I connect with Joe, Joe Newton. And I don't, I don't really have much, I don't know if we ever met before. Did we ever meet before, Joe? No. Okay. No. All right. Okay, there's an accent there. I hear New Zealand or something. So, yes. <laughs> all right. So even before you said anything, there's a, okay, here's a person I never met before. And there's qualities of being of attentiveness. Like she's very still. She's in this, so she has this focus, these qualities of being of this focus of, of um, I think that if she said she would do a job, she would finish the job. Like I could count on her to, to do that because she has this kind of focus. These are qualities of being. And so then I, so I, I say those qualities of being out loud. So you get what we're doing here. You're looking at a person, you're writing down what you're experiencing as a value, as a value their quality of being. And then we'll be saying it out loud. It'll be chaotic, but just say it, just keep saying it out loud. We'll do this for a few minutes, okay? Any questions? All right, here we go. Holy. Sensitivity. Try to say, it's not just one word. These are not one word things, okay? This is more like poetry. When it's more of I, a, a line in a poem, something like that. When yeah, I look at Carol. Boldness. And bringing out the kindness. See. The kindness. Strength. Uh, lots of clarity. And Courage to play. 
As Adam, I value the curiosity and scanning and integrity recognizing integrity and some kind of sense of I will not I will not get off this lady and my stain. No matter strength, you can't push me off as a person, but it is a safe the softness and connection with love. And an open mind, gentle, energy. loving space. The responsibility of silence. The space. Deepness and with silence. curiosity. Big curiosity. And, uh, I value the presence of the stillness. Even if you are afraid. And love. And also this 100%. Attention, mm. possibility, delicacy, mm. yeah. 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 willing to curiosity and play, have clarity about presence. He knows he can be experienced. Okay, pause for just a second and shift, shift into what this person creates through their being, not just the quality of being, but if you were looking for somebody to listen to you or somebody to give you possibility or somebody to support your new adventure or somebody to challenge you with dangerous <laughs> questions, like these are, these are things people can create. And so just keep doing what you're doing and add now in what what are they creating what would they create for you what's the valuable stuff they would create for you and then please keep going i see that you're alive you will give me uh, like a high level of fun and joy and curiosity there's non-linear force yeah, so really explore deeper in questions yeah, going forward there's a creation of more engagement to be making projects alive Gabriella, it's magic and like with a deeper magic. This is a you finish magic on the really deep in the culture to make deep cultural shifts. So you mm. changing the door context uh, and what you want okay. to do no matter what caring deeply caring spaces Clinton creates this fine In details of mimetic 
I can see myself and feel like this mechanic of mechanic of memes. Fun. There's a lot of fun with it. Fun of the power of being alive and seeing your and as I hold it, I feel my vulnerability expanding. I'm able to go more into that space that is heart centered and vulnerable. Blotting out the darkness. Carol creates. Adventure. Clarity and lightness at the same time. And, uh, I feel joy to feel respectful connection between me. And, and it's in this connection, it's in your aliveness, and it's this moment of meeting. Making obvious what teaching the anger of like biting a dog. By holding it more you create value for me, a valuable space of feeling and knowing disparity and experimenting spaces of curiosity and commitment to other people's commitment to leave the side of who she's committed to. Behind her that could just a space that's alive and feeling. Yeah, destroy and create spaces. <laughs> I feel joy to connect. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We we could have kept going. This we could have kept going for the whole you know time. What a what an amazing space this would be. Just turn this on, <clears throat> listen to the recording, <clears throat> and it goes on for an hour of the amazing, positive, beneficial, joyful, you know, priceless qualities of these beings, the ones right here. And then we could just keep going. You get this and what a celebration this is.
Mm. Like what an amazing celebration this is of this resource, this richness, this value, this incredible value that has nothing to do with the gross national product. It has nothing to do with, you know, earning a paycheck or something like that. It has no, it's a true value of this richness that these people that we don't even know, these, you know, we're far away from, have these qualities that we can appreciate. And the, the food, like the, the energetic food of that value is so palpable, so rich. I could just sit here and bask in this for, you know, the next hour and a half, just sit here and just listen to people loving each other or this quality of appreciation beyond the ordinary, so far beyond the ordinary. So thank you for uh, lowering your sanity barrier. Like it was insane what we just did. It was really insane. And you, you lowered your reasonableness factor. You just lowered it and you were able to participate in this collaborative celebration of the immense immeasurable value of beings, of the beings. Does anybody else want to say anything after that? Would like to share anything? What was your sadness about? It's, it isn't really sadness, <clears throat> it's, just, it's celebration for me. I'm, I'm immensely happy, like uh, happy beyond uh, ordinary. I'm a pretty happy guy, but this is like, this is so happy I'm, I can't contain it. Vonda. <laughs> Yeah, Vonda, you wanted to say something. The best is if you say it in Polish and then Gabriela translates for us. Muted. You have to unmute yourself, Gabriela. Okay. Tak. Tak, przetłumaczę cię. Tak. Tak, słyszę cię. Tak. Tak. To było niesamowite doświadczyć tego ożywienia. To było amazing to experience a lot on my physical and energetical body. It was amazing to experience this uh, aliveness and uh, that I became suddenly became alive in my whole bodies. There was tingling on my body, the aliveness and the flow and the connection with you, with all of you. Mm -hmm. She just repeated this tingling in my body and flow and aliveness that came after of connecting with you all. Thank yeah. you.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else? And I feel, and I, and I really long to experience more of that in the world. This is what Vanda added. Okay. We have a slow delay here on the connection. Right. You're in the right place. If you long to experience more of that, you are in the right place. Vicente, I saw your hand up. Yes, I felt very glad for experiencing this space. And I feel sad because these spaces can just vanish on the ordinary life from box to box talking and people defending their spaces. And yeah, I felt very glad for being able to re-enter that again. <clears throat> I'd like to open the door in our conversation to the, the situation where such beings as us, like this group of beings, has been born and raised and programmed, taught in schools and a culture that's focused on material value. And, and we've been cut off or blocked off or made fun of or insulted or even punished if we wished to enjoy or, or exchange non-material value. It has, so we're handicapped, like we're, we're starting off as babies in a, a, a conversation that we could have had our whole lives. I mean, we have had, we have exchanged non-material value, been creating non-material value for many people our whole lives, but it has not equated to a, a good life. Like uh, it doesn't pay for your potatoes. It does not pay for your electricity, for example. And so there's this, there's this question of which culture do I want to live in? And if, if it's true that you want to live in a non-material value culture, how do you make the shift? How do you, how do you actually uh, yeah, make the shift. So you're moving, we're talking about the conversation is actually about not just moving into, but collaboratively co-creating a different culture that has different values. And the, 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 the difficulty, like the problem, the barriers to that have to do with our having been, we look around in our world and it's filled with material stuff. We look at other people, their lives are filled with material stuff. People have even changed time into a material thing. Time is money. That's a saying in English. And so, and so the whole, the, the world, the worldview, the belief system shown to us or inhabited by most people that we know is a material basis. It has a material basis. How much time and money is this worth? How much does this cost? 
How can I pay for it? And this, this context is pervasive, not because it's true, not because it's important, or not, not because it's the best. It pervades simply out of momentum. It, it's just simple to understand and, and uh, it's, it thrives out of momentum. It just has rolled over us as in our lives, just rolls over us by mass and momentum. And the question is, okay, what if, what if I want something different from that? What if I want more of what we just experienced a few minutes ago? What if that's what I want in, as the basis of my, my world? How do I make the shift? And so I'm, there's, I'm not going to pretend like we have discovered a simple formula for that. And at the same time, there's a lot of distinctions that can empower you in your daily life to make that shift. And I, I say that because I, I'm just talking personally right now, just not theoretically, but personally, you know, I mostly feel like I have done that. I mean, I've, and it, and it works. I don't know, I'm not trying to brag or something like that. I'm just trying to explain that the life that I live, and I think some more of you could also say the same thing, that, you know, what do, what do I have in my life? I have this cup. I've had this cup for a while. It's, it's the one cup that I have. And I, I just carry it around with me. And I got rid of all the other cups. I don't have any other cups. So I don't need any other cups. And so there's this, and what I spend most of my time in my, my world doing is providing non-material value for no money. So I wake up in the morning and I'm excited to create new game world space for people, for us, for people to relate together in ways that are more valuable than you can pay for with money. How many people have had this, a transformational or a healing experience that is so valuable you could not possibly pay for it with money? Has anybody had that? Okay, so this is what we're talking about, is that non-material value can be so valuable that, it, that it's laughable, it's a joke to try to pay for it with some, you know, a currency from some country or a bank or something. It's just insane. It has no, there's no equivalency between those things. And so the other thing to notice about creating non-material value is that when you're creating it, you're pretty much creating it out of nothing. Like for example, my, this cup, this is made out of steel. And then it has this enamel, like a, a ceramic enamel paint on the outside. And it's made out of something else. It's a cup now, but it was made from something else, which was made from something else. Whereas a non-material value is created out of nothing. And so that's one place I wanted to go with this talk is really basically, if you're going to create something out of nothing, 
you need a, a working relationship with nothing. And, and we're born with that. Let me just talk for a second. Okay. And we're born. Okay, that was a five. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> and Chloe had, and have this, we have this system worked out where if she wants to say something, she says one, two, three, four, five, or, or I do. And so if, if I say one, well, it means it's, it's something I want to say. If it's three, it's like, okay. But if it's five, man, it's like the other person has to shut up and then she has to talk. Okay, so go ahead. <laughs> so just before you go into this, nothing, I, I think my guess would be that some of you, and as many people in the world have tried experiment about this shift from this material value culture to possibly a non or something else. Let's say, I don't know about the non-material value culture, but something else to exit whatever the paradigm of money or, and the result that I've seen in the world is either this becoming irresponsible for resources to choose irresponsibility of money. I do not want to be responsible for money because if I play in the money game world, then I play in the patriarchal corporate empire game world. And so the choice is I'm, I'm not going to be responsible for money. Mm. Well, in terms of the path that we're talking about in possibility management, which is a path of evolution, a path of growing up, of actually taking more responsibility, that takes you off that path takes you off the path of responsibility to say, I don't want to have anything to do with money. And so the invitation is whatever, it's a, it's a shift of relationship to what is valuable. So it's a shifting the relationship to what actually is valued in the culture. Okay, in the patriarchal capitalist empire, what is valued almost the only thing that is valued is money. It's the only thing. And so, you know, the experiment that we started to do about this being to being connection is, okay, what if, what if I became this source of a, of a culture that values being to being connection? That at the center of the culture is a thing, the main value is a being to being connection. I'm saying you could put other non-material value at the center of your culture. That's one of them. There's really a number of non-material value. And, I, and, I, and just in terms of other experiments, I've seen people also wanting to go back into this um, bar, uh, bartering, like exchanging, and what the result that I've seen is still a scarcity. It's still living in deep scarcity of both material value and of non-material value. And it's a big, really just emptiness of not, of not enough, of lack. And yeah, I just wanna say that in terms of experiments that I've been trying, that you might be trying at the moment or that you might see other people trying, in this conversation of this shift from material value to non-material value. And, and something else that I wanted to add when, when Clinton said, you know, a lot of people um, 
people in a material value culture will surround themselves with material objects. And this is the material life. And I want to include in material object the activity of doing. This is doing is a material currency, the material object. And so even if it seems like you only earn, you only have one shirt or one pant, or you live, you know, in like we do in a seven kilo carry-on, it doesn't immediately means that you've shifted into a non-material value culture. Because if you still, if what is valued in your culture is doing as an action, then, then it still carries the thoughtware of, of this material value culture. Yeah, I just wanted to add that. So I have a, if you... I have a question ahead, on, on that. And because about when you say doing and, and a distinction I sense in that the differences of doing because I have to do more because there's kind of, like you said, not enough, there's the scarcity. Or oh, there's also this other way of doing, which is basically just happening happening by by being myself. Yes, and there's this other form of doing, which isn't just happening, it's called creating. Hmm. <clears throat> and that's the place where we want to go. Hmm. Creating value. Sounds like there's a deliberateness in there. In terms of the creating? Yes. Well, it's it, okay. I want to go to this creating something out of nothing. So let, if, if my culture is centered on material value, then what my life is about is about owning objects, having nice clothes, going to nice restaurants, having amazing <clears throat> food you know, imported food or all this special kind of food or going to entertainment, seeing amazing festivals or videos or concerts or, but, you know, and it's involved in having my car and transporting myself whenever I want to anywhere in the world. And like that, being able to buy any object or theoretically, you know, any experience to buy any experience. And so this is my, that's what's at the center of my culture. And then things at the side of my culture are things like healing, transformation, initiatory processes, <clears throat> um, discovery, research, um, uh, in, in, um, like the, the exchanging through qualities of being like all these things are on the side of my culture because the main thing in my culture is what am I having for dinner? Like, where do we eat tonight? Or who's paying the bills? Like all this. So, so if you, if you change that, if you put non-material value at the center, it would be like going to downtown instead of having the streets lined with shoe shops and grocery stores and hardware stores and car car improvement stores or clothing shops or souvenir shops or you know etc cetera, etc cetera. all the stores are lined with stuff to go in and buy and you're successful when you walk out and you're carrying a bag full of stuff with a brand name on it that everybody else can recognize and go oh 
like this and see the brand name of your bag. And the, the, the difference would be you go to downtown and you have shops lined with, with intimacy cafes or rage work station or uh, 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 healing, like emotional healing processes, EHP dojo, or the discovery, a discovery space. You walk in there and all you're gonna do is discover. People get better, you leave with better questions. And so the way when people come out of, of shopping in the shopping zone, you know, you see their, they have tears, you know, their makeup has been running, they're sweating, you know, they're breathing hard, they have more blood in their face, they're alive, they're alert, they're joyful, they're, they're angry, you know, they're, they're, they see different things and, and that's how they come out of a non-material value-centered shopping zone. And so, so then in a shopping zone, like in a life like that, centered on non-material value, what you eat is over on the side. What you wear is on the side. You know, it's accidental. <clears throat> it's, ex it's almost extraneous. It's, it's, of course, you're gonna eat something, you know, or, or you're gonna wear something. You have to stay warm or dry or something. And, it, and then, but the relation, like the vow, what's in the middle is transformation, initiatory processes, like the evolution of consciousness, like the unfolding of the qualities of your being. And this will be the middle. And so, but the question is, how do you, how do we extract ourselves from the grips of the, of the addictions and the habits of thinking and the orientation towards possession and um, status, depending on how many pieces of paper you have in your wallet or how many pieces of paper you have that say you own property. I own this building. You know, people, there's, there's millions of people around the world who think they have something real because they have a paper in their drawer that says, I own this building. And then the people who live in the building have to pay other pieces of paper to live in the building. And that is the center of their life. And if you say, oh, I'm gonna take your building away, they, they, will fall, they will die. They will commit suicide. They will fall apart. They have no life anymore unless they are the landlord of this building. Like their life is centered on that. It's so, it's so unstable. And so, okay, the question is, how, are you, how do you shift? And, and Chloe said that because of where we are, because of our upbringing, we must have a foot in each world. You have to have a foot in each world so that you can, you're a bridge. You, you, there, there needs to be a buffer zone. You have to live in this buffer zone between a non-material value-centered world and a material value-centered world that you can negotiate in both worlds. Like, and Chloe and I sit down, we have, okay, we're gonna give a talk on the non-material value, okay. And then it goes, go, okay, well, of course we, we do that for free. You know, of course there's no money, there should be no money involved, of course, but, we, but we've done this before. And every time we do a talk that does not cost anything, nobody comes because of course it can't have any value because it's free. You know, they're trying to sell us something or manipulate us or it's a sect or it's some you know, scary weird thing that they're giving a talk for free and nobody comes. 
So that's what I mean. We have to have a foot in each value and say, okay, no, if you're going to come to this talk, you got to pay 10 euros at least. You have to pay money. And it's insane. It is an insane proposal to, to participate <laughs> in a talk on, you know, in an introduction, like a, to participate in the shift to a non-material world costs you material money, you know? Okay, uh, total. But it's, so that's what I mean. It's a painful thing to have a foot in each culture. Can I can I say something yeah. about this? So when I we put out this talk and I asked for for feedback and coaching to my possibility team and one person in the team said, "Well, why don't you add also the possibility of exchanging non-material value?" So I I put that in the investment 20 to 50 euros or exchange of non-material value to be negotiated with Clinton and I as the space holder. Nobody made that offer to me. <laughs> Everybody paid. Everybody <laughs> paid euros or dollars or whatever. It's and easier. It, it is yeah. easier. So much easier. Yeah, in, in a material value culture, it, it, it is. Clinton, you're going to say something. I'm going to say a hundred things. Um, <laughs> I, I want, we still need to go back to this how, how we're so familiar with the material value world that the idea of us being rich or wealthy in our ability to create out of nothing non-material value for people that has more value than money. Like that's a shift. And we don't make the shift, I think, because we are afraid. Because we have this relationship to fear that fear is bad, fear is scary, fear is uncomfortable. Yet, if we are to create something out of nothing, we need this working relationship with nothingness, the void. And what I was saying is, we are born with it inside of ourselves. And I'm sure, how many of you have ever gone to the refrigerator you know, you open the refrigerator door and you're looking in the refrigerator for something, but the thing that you're looking for is not in the refrigerator. Anybody ever have that? You open the cup, you're just standing there and you go, why am I standing here? What's, what's happening? I'm, I open the refrigerator looking for something. There's, it's not there. And so what, what we're looking, that is the sensation of an emptiness that we have inside of ourselves. It's a sensation of this void that's inside of ourselves. You look inside and what's in there is this vacuum. Does anybody have this sense? You know what I'm talking about, this, this emptiness that will not go away. Okay, so you go, so you go to your partner and you go, you go, I'm gonna find somebody, I'm gonna scan for somebody who has what I like and they're gonna give me enough, something, love, attention, affection, appreciation, acknowledgement, recognition, you know, they're gonna fill me up so my void finally goes away. Did anybody ever have that? Did it work for anybody? <laughs> Not very long. The honeymoon mm. period, like for three months about. <laughs> oh, the honeymoon period. Yeah, yeah the honeymoon period. Yeah, the, the fantasy world period, yeah. So, so okay, 
All right. So if in this culture, in the non-material culture, in archiarchy, whatever, that void is not a design error. It is on purpose. It has value. And if you ever did fill it up with drugs or alcohol or whatever, overdosing on donuts or whatever the thing is, but, you know, if you fill it up, so you, you think but, it's, yeah, you know, the, the emptiness is full. Yeah, but also then, depression, then, also depression or, depression or despair or Netflix movies, or it's not just the cozy pink stuff that we, we use to fill the hole up, I think. And if you ever succeeded, you would block up your access to nothingness. And then your ability to create would be blocked because your resource of nothingness is gone. And so part of the initiatory process into non-material culture, non-material centered culture is a new relationship to nothingness, to the void, especially the one that's inside of you. Like that becomes your treasure. That becomes something you guard. You just kind of hold this emptiness and go, I can breathe, I have void. I have, I have this lack. Yay, I have a lack. This is a new orientation. Normally if we have a lack, we have to fill it with something. <laughs> this is having a lack as a resource. And if, what the thing is, is when you step into the nothingness, you start falling into a bottomless pit. And it, as, as soon as you do that, the ground is pulled out. There's no bottom anymore. You step in and go, ah, you just start falling. And so at first, there's this, you try to scratch down the walls, you know, you try to you know, you do whatever, you go into a fetal position, you know, you just start biting your nails, you close your eyes and everything, you just start falling, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. You keep doing that. So, what, you know, we go in and go out and go in and go out and it's, we're not initiated into falling into the bottomless pit yet. So part of the shift into a non-material culture is finding your home, dropping in a bottomless pit, making that your home. There's nothing solid to stand on. It's non-material space. And so there's nothing you can, there's no amount of money, there's no amount of power, possessions, you know, slaves, kingdoms, castles, anything. There's no amount of anything that can save you from falling endlessly in this bottomless pit. You make it your home, which is a new relationship to fear. So, yeah, go ahead. Just from what Tristan said before, and you, you gave context, you know, Tristan, you said, well, it was easier to give 20 bucks than to give non-material value. And the, the what Clinton just, demonstrated is then it's easier to give away a number of hours of your life to make 20 euros, whatever, you have less pain about that than this fear, this pain, this fear of the bottomless pit. You know, that's what it means when you say it's easier. 
and and because because working hours of your life for money you've learned to numb yourself about that okay but you but if you haven't learned to navigate this nothingness the fear then that is terrible this is this is you know i would rather give hours and hours of my life away to corporation than dive into this bottomless pit no way no way so, so this is the first this is one of the big takeaways that i'd like you to have from this space <clears throat> is i'm going to i'm going to step into the bottomless pit i'm going to do it i'm going to pull the rug out from under myself all my belief in security, insurance, you know, money in the bank, you know, all these protections, like whatever, whatever seems to be material uh, value, like you just pull that out and then let yourself drop into what at first feels like insanity. And what it really is, is this possibility of transformation possibility of evolution, the possibility of possibility, the possibility of possibility in any moment, something else is possible. You're not holding on to a set rigid, you know, cabinet full of amazing hand-blown glassware from Mexico, you know, and you go, ah, that's, that's my cabinet full of really wonderful hand-blown glassware. Okay, I have that. You just forget it. You're like, let go of all those things. You have to go through your life you have to look at your goldfish in the goldfish bowl and your geraniums on the back on the back of your house that the other people can see you have geraniums and your pearls you know and your and your lace and your 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 you know your watch and your phone and you like all these things like you just start working with dis, like extracting yourself from the thing world so that you can go into free fall Kristen yeah, I wanted to just say something there because I like my experience that when I jump into the, it really feels like that jumping into this void when I say I want to create what I want to create and not do it for how much money it makes per hour. And then this, like I found the first clawing thing I do is, but what if what I create doesn't make enough money and then I can't pay the rent and I can't get enough food and I let down my partner and my family and um, this huge fear and sadness comes that I have to fight for like I have to fight to hold on to the wall and give up the um, ecstasy of creating what I want to create and um, I, I think that's that for a second. Go yeah ahead. go ahead well no what were you going to say I, I was going to say I think this is part of it like because then this this force comes for healing you know then i'm holding onto the wall and i feel angry i feel scared i feel sad and then i can do the healing process and it's like but it's got this like you know i'm trying to stay in the falling and at the same time holding the brakes on and it needs this transition time which is super painful it, okay but that's look, where i'm at I, I i could be wrong but i'm suspicious that what you want to create is a material object. I'm suspicious you want to create furniture, woodwork, nice, nice stuff like that. Is that so? No. Okay. 
I mean, I, I knew it was before. When I talked to you before, it was something like that. And then people didn't pay you enough money for your woodwork. Yeah, so I'm I totally, I'm not doing any woodwork anymore. I'm doing just trainings and coaching. Oh, okay. So let me, let me propose the strategy. So we have, an, we have an online telegram group, which is called the Emotional Healing Process Collaboration Group. And there are, I don't know, almost 300 people in that group around the world. And oftentimes people go in and say, is anybody available for an emotional healing process? And they sit there for hours with nobody answering them. So the, 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 proposal, the proposal is, is to create non-material value beyond reason for no, without, without trying to arrange some kind of fair exchange about it is to produce non-material value, a, a storm, produce a storm of non-material value in the world, unreasonable amounts of non-material value. And how do you know it's, how do you know it's, you know, it can be non-material, but how do you know it has value? And you know it has value because people tell you. People say that was valuable. That, that made a difference for me. That was helpful. I, I, you know, I love that. And so that, that's your feedback. That's where the value, that's how you know that your non-material value actually has value, is that people value it. You know, it's possible to, you know, there are people who are quote unquote artists and they create experiences or objects or colorful things or dance or um, music or they, you know, they're artists. And so, it, for example, music, it's sort of like a non-material value. You can have this experience of music and you go, wow, that's nice music. And then, but the thing is, who's really getting value out of making the non-material value called music is the musician. The musician is getting the value. So the, the person who's painting the painting, the, the one who gets the value out of the painting is the artist. The one who's in this transformational experience and when they're finished well the experience is over for them and then they have this actually a kind of a piece of shit a piece of litter you know they have to figure out what to do with the litter it's the after effect of of their ecstasy you know and they go okay well you can buy my shit you know here's the shit side effect after effect of my ecstasy and you can buy it from me you know and that's what's art called art so if you're in the domain of art, it's not going to fly for you. I mean, people, it, it just, you know, that's, that's not what we're talking about. Okay, we're talking about creating non-material value that people walk away changed. They walk away healed. They walk away with new possibility. They have more clarity because of new distinctions and because they, ha they have a built in them a capacity to be responsible in ways that they could not cause results before. You know, being responsible means you can cause results, you can cause stuff. And if you can do that better than you could before, more powerful, more clean, more multidimensional, that's valuable. And so the, the proposal is give unbalance, unbalance the fairness level by producing more non-material value than is reasonable. And okay, how do you do that? Well, I was just saying, you go on to, for example, 
the emotional healing process collaboration group on the telegram and just every single person who says, can I have an emotional healing process? Boom, you just deliver it. You, and it, so what happens when you do that? Well, it creates waves. It creates, and we call those waves legend. We call those, that's called legend making. The waves that you create by, by causing non-material value in other people's worlds, that it creates a wave that's called a legend that goes out. And when people hear the legend, the legends all come back from this source, which is you. And so you are the source of, of causing an imbalance in value, a non-material value that creates these waves. And people, pretty soon you will have more people asking for non-material value from you than you can, than you can create. You can, okay, then you say, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I have to charge for this. You know, I have to, I have to ask you, they go, no problem, no problem. I just want to get an appointment. So it's like the, here you are between these two worlds. You know, if we were in the world where you could, like Tristan, like you said, like you could create non-material value for people and, and you, your potatoes would come because somebody is ecstatically growing potatoes and they grow more potatoes and, you know, there's enough potatoes. There's enough houses, there's enough cars, there's enough everything. There's enough stuff, there's enough clothes. You know, there's enough, you have, there's all there already enough. And so you don't, you don't have to have more of those things. So what's, what's valuable is the evolutionary stuff, the healing stuff that you're talking about. So, so Tristan, what part of that procedure where you unbalance the fairness, so then the universe is forced to take care of you in a way. The universe is forced to take care of you because you're producing ecstatically um, ecstatic amounts of unreasonable non non-material value. So uh, you know things get handled. You know your car gets fixed because whatever because you you know the person wants to somehow pay you back for you getting them out of their mom's house. You know their mom was abusing them and then they get to stand on their own feet and have their voice back and their space back and their balls back and your life back and God, that fix your car, no problem like that. So what part of it is missing for you? It feels like something logistical is holding me back from that, like a, like the family around, the, the logistics around family life, uh, dogs and children and um how like a a belief or you know this is something in me how many spaces i can hold per week without burning out because i, I burned out a few yeah. times so one of the distinctions in the world of non-material value is parasites so i live in a we're staying in a Airbnb place in San Miguel de Allende in Mexico and behind out there behind the house there's two dogs two cats a pool a grass lawn and all of those are parasites they use up time energy and attention it's like a parasite it's a vampire sucks out your life energy the pool sucks out life you know nobody's swimming in the pool but every day they have to go out there and take the leaves out of the pool and put in the chemicals and keep it filled up. The dogs, you know, there's poop all over the place. They have to be fed. They have to get taken on walks. 
you know, the grass lawn, it has to be watered. You have to pull the weeds out. You have to mow it. These are all parasites. So you, it's easy to have so many parasites that you have no time, energy, and attention to deliver non-material value. That's easy to do in a material world. So first, one of the first steps for shifting into the new cultures, okay, what parasites am I carrying? Go ahead and Chloe. No, I just want to add in the list of parasites. It's, for example, this idea that you have to have a clean, in, impeccable, <laughs> clean home all the time. That's a parasite. Or, um, or it's the same that you need to take a shower twice a day. It's a parasite. So it, like Clinton said, it, this question of wh what are the parasites that you carry around that eats your life energy? and your time and attention and love, basically. And I wanna be clear, children are not parasites. However, one of the ways that almost all modern parents treat their children is as if they are parasites. And so a lot of times you'll see the children are the parents following the children around like a vacuum cleaner, like a you know, it's the children lead and the parents follow. The children go around making messes and the parents go around cleaning up the messes like this or try. And so this is uh, in, in one of the insanities of modern culture. So children are not parasites, but they, they, it seems like that because we don't live in community, for example, or because we don't understand that uh, children are learning machines and children's culture, there needs to be, you know, children grow best in a children's culture. What that means is you have a mixed age group of kids. If you go traveling in Asia and stuff, you can see this in the hill tribes, different places, but the kids do not go to school. There is no school where they're divided up into ages and then they're supposed to learn a certain thing at a certain time and they have to sit still. It's insane. The, the children have this, it's like an organism. It's called children's culture. And it's a roving thing. And the older ones, the older ones kind of learn something first. And as soon as they learn the thing, they turn around to the next younger one and teach that one. And they turn around and teach it to the next one. It's this completely entertaining learning machine. It goes around everywhere. And, the, and it, they, it's symbiotic education. And the, and the smallest kids, which is so non-intuitive. Non the smallest kids carry the babies. It isn't the biggest ones carrying the babies. It's the smallest ones carrying the babies around and they are sucked right into kids' culture. So this is where, this is a, a, a you know, the way modern culture raises kids is as, as if kids are parasites and the best thing to do is send them off to daycare or school where they, somebody else is, they get to parasite on somebody else. We pay other people that the kids parasite on the teachers and the daycare center places. Okay? I mean, and, so this, and, and school is actually a parasite. Yeah, school is a- School is a parasite. You know, you have to be, you have to bring your children in a car on time at, at you know, somebody else's time. Somebody in the government decided that that was the beginning of school and that's the end of school. And then on the weekend, they, there's no parasite uh, daycare, you know, and 
whatever. So, but school is, is would definitely be one of these parasites that um, takes away the love, eats away the love and attention. So, I have a question. Tristan, hold on one second. Tristan, okay. you're faced with the same thing we're all faced with, which is this question, which culture do I live in? And any part where you live in the materialistic culture, then you will be victim of these vampires. You know, pay your electric bill, pay your taxes, you know, keep your grass mown so the neighbors don't report you to the, to the town hall and then they come and give you a fine. You know, which culture do you live in? Why, and, and have you, how clearly have you arranged to live in a non-material centered culture? How, how clearly have you done that? And you just look at the things that are causing you the most pain. And it's probably those areas of your life that are the vampires from modern culture, the material world in your life. And so instead of figuring out, trying to figure out how can you adapt to the modern culture and live in the next culture, it, that's an insane question. The question is, what can you do to, to stop living in the modern culture? So, you know, so, so the parasites aren't sucking away all your time, energy, and attention. And then you have burnout. And then, of course, then you have to go to the pharmaceutical companies and the psychiatrists and get drugs and, and um, treatment. You know, so, so that's, your, that's your job. That's your job, really, is renegotiate your life. So where's your kid's culture? Why do you have to babysit your kids all the time? What, that's insane. You know, what, what's the way that you're thinking, your thoughtware that makes you submit yourself to the grips, you know, the, the parasitic functions of modern culture. So you can be a, a slave in the economic slavery system like that. How do you, okay. Tristan, I mean, Kian, go ahead. Thank you, Tristan. Thank you. I just want to say thank you, Tristan, yeah. for your question. Yeah. Thank you. There's more where that came from, we know. Kian. Yes. My question is, when, when, I, when I gave you the money for the call, I didn't feel like I was paying you material value. I felt like I was paying in possibilities, in appreciation, in uh in even for my creating value for myself to committing sh to show up in creating like i feel yeah and my question Ooh. is yeah no and you're fooling yourself that's my question you're fooling yourself about that you're just confusing yourself you're trying to say roses are rainbows or i don't know you're trying to put something together and it satisfies something and then you feel good about yourself it's just a fantasy world like the stuff we're talking about is real it is as real as it gets and so you can't it's not about pretending as if that's not it, it the energetic world that we are part of we have not been educated in it so the non-material value that we create is mostly not it, we're not able to speak about it we can't name it and so a lot of possibility management is about naming distinguishing and learning how to create and destroy energetic value or energetic worlds because that it has there's so much space 
in the energetic, you know, the non-material space. There's so so if you're gonna if you're going to build uh, some houses, you're going to be a real estate guy, and you're going to be a construction person. You're going to build up a neighborhood full of houses, and then the people will come and buy them for five times as much as it costs you, and you make money. Well, you can only do that for a certain amount of time on planet Earth until all of the housing land has been built up. And if you if you look around, it's it's insane, but more and more places are building out of the hills down onto the farmland with houses, They're filling up farmland with houses, which is, in, you know, it's, it's like shitting in your own drinking water. It's completely insane to build, you know, toxic house constructions on top of soil, you know, valuable soil. So, okay, so this is, so in, in the non-material world, in space, like in terms of holding space and building out game world space, there is no physical limit. You're not limited to the, to the surface of the earth for building out new game world space. There's an infinite amount of available, empty new game world space for you to build into that people can move into and unfold their potential in your new game world space. So a non-material value that you can create is next culture game world space, for example. And if you can build it out, give it a name, you know, and tell, teach people how to, how, to, how to work it, they will, they get whole new, uh, there's no competition, zero competition. There's no physical limitations to that kind of thing. And so, like, for example, Tristan, the only thing that you're missing probably is the legends about your non-material value. Because if you're actually creating value, I don't know, you haven't, I haven't asked you to do a healing process for me. So I'm, I'm, I imagine you can do a pretty good job, but I, I don't experience it myself. But Julia's over here, she's nodding her head. And so she's been in your spaces. So Julia knows the legend of the Tristan space. Did you get that, Tristan? Did you see mm -hmm. her? Yeah. She, she knows the legend, experienced the legend of, the, so that was just legendary in this space. The fact that Julia lit up when I said, I don't know what it's like in a Tristan held transformation space, but she goes, I do. I know what it's like and it's great. Okay, well that makes a legend in the whole space and people go, God, I want, I want, I want some of that. So then you, then you, that's what we mean by legend. Okay, so, so in those are, that's real. That stuff is real. Those legends are real. And so how do you create legend? Well, you create legend through causing things to occur that people value that could not imagine could occur before. And that's where you, it's magic. That's where you reach into the void and pull out something from nothing, a possibility, a distinction, a new, a new practice, a new experiment to try that unfolds potential in people. And they go, holy shit, I never knew that was in me. I didn't know I could say what I want. I didn't know I could make boundaries. I didn't know I could negotiate intimacy and make offers, make proposals. Holy shit, this is amazing. And that, that this is the stuff that creates the legends. And Chloe, were you gonna say something? No, Julia, go ahead. I would like uh, to add something practical to that. And that is that there's out there, there's not only parasites, there's also gremlins or people that have been in this material value culture. And they, like, it, Tristan and everybody, you can also, 
build a bridge for them to 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 acknowledge to to tell them hey if you got something out of that tell people about it Mm -hmm. or tell a legend about it because they like they're not so not used to that that they they might think you already know that or others know that or so there's this element of people need to be like they need to be invited to that sometimes to to be actually doing that yeah, thank you, Julia, for really saying this, because when you share this, you know, this possibility, uh, I can remember my own resistance to doing this of being, God, I don't want to sell myself. And this problem was arrogance. I don't want to sell myself. And really what you were, uh, the possibility you were offering, Julia, was completely different of make this known for other people so other people can get healed. So other people can get out of modern culture so other people can get out of um whatever a life that is killing them and and so the fact that you're asking people to spread the experience their own personal experience of being in your space is not for you it's actually for them and it's this imbalance creating again this imbalance this unfairness of non-material value there's a i would i just want to share this practice with you guys how many of you notice that you have a, a fear of being seen, a fear of speaking out? Anybody have this? Do you have this fear of putting your hand up and saying, God, I have, I want to, anybody have this? Okay. All right. So here's this, here's this new, I'm writing a spark on it right now, but the thing is, you would not have that fear unless you had something valuable to say. You get it? The impulse of having a fear to be seen or to speak out or to say something, that fear means it comes from you have something to say. You have something to contribute. You have something to, to, to of value. And so what you do, the practice is, as soon as you feel this fear of showing up, you know, being seen, standing out. As soon as you have that fear, you put up your hand or you stand up and you say, I have this fear of, 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 of standing up. I have the fear of speaking out. And as soon as you say that, that fear is gone. And then the thing that you have to say will come out next because it's not being blocked by the fear. So you, but that fear would not even be there unless you had something to say, to contribute, to give, to, to, to offer. And so it's this cool practice that as soon, wherever you are, here even, but wherever, you just put your hand up and say, I'm afraid to say something. And here's what I'm afraid to say. And then you just say it. But if you don't put your hand up and say the first fear thing, you will, you will block the thing. Naomi, go. I have fear to speak and I have been holding this, um, I fear to speak this out. Um, I noticed in the exercise that we did where we all spoke each other's value, like how numb I have made myself to acknowledging that in myself or even, yeah, I have this fear and sadness and anger about, yeah, but um around how that is not important, how soft things like love are not important. It's about all the other stuff that we're busy with. Mm. Thank you. 
Kian. I'm, I'm afraid to compete or to destroy something and I'm still not getting something. And that is the difference between the non-material value that material things have and the non-material value, yeah, the other non-material value that has that transformation has. Because mm -hmm. in my experience, a painting can deliver the non-material value of transformation. Or yeah. So my question goes in this direction. What is the difference there? The I don't pretend to be an expert about this, but this this cup I said, you know works, it holds water, it could be any cup, it could be this cup or whatever, it could be, but it's the possibility that the object has. Whereas in the non-material one, you can't substitute, you cannot substitute. It cannot be another being, another distinction or another uh, process or another realization, it needs to be that one. And that's the magical key. That's the one. So, so that's the difference between the physical, the, you know, the value of the physical object is it could be something the equivalent of that. But whereas for the, but the, the non-material value is, is irreplaceable. It is that moment. It is that tone of voice. It is that shift. It's that insight. It's that realization. Okay, it's that, you, okay. Hmm. I, and I, I, can I add something? I mean, and, and there is enough material object to create the non-material value that we need, such as holding water or writing or having clothes on. There is enough for everybody in the world. Art, there's enough material value for everybody to create the non-material value that we would need. Even food. Yeah. Even yeah. water, you know, if they stop pumping it out for agriculture and, and corporate waste. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we keep thinking that there needs to be a material object to represent the material value. And it's like sluggish. And, and it's like, and yeah, I'm starting to feel some distinction landing about. Great, Jay Horton. You're muted. Uh, mute, oh. mute yourself, please. Yeah, there gotcha. That, um, something that came up for me of when you were talking about this buffer zone, this, this sitting in two places, and when Tristan was talking about sort of scraping down the wall of trying to hold on, as this experience that I've been having as I sort of step out of um, like this concept of going through the eye of the needle, this thing of, of leaving behind all these parasites and the pain of that and trying to figure out which bits are the parasites and which bits are the non, you know, the skills or the, the, what do I need on the other side? I mean, this is the buffer, that buffer zone is what I'm really curious about and why I'm here today is finding out more about how, how, what are the distinctions? What are the, um, how do I do that? How, how do I, um, Great. Go through the eye of the needle and still be alive on the other side. I want to say what you're saying in a different way and see if it works. But where we are right now is at this place of each of us not really being clear about the non-material value 
that we have to offer like on the other side of the, of the eye of the needle. It's like after we drop the parasites and all the material stuff, you know, what can we, you know, if you're a modern culture consultant, your, your value is that you can cause other people to make more money, you know, but that's, it's just, it's just like screwing yourself in the same game world. So it's like, okay, what can you create for other people who, from your qualities of being that we admired, that we enjoyed with each other before? Like, what is that really? And that, the, the key for that, you get what I'm saying, Jay, that that's what you're missing. So. Okay, so the, the key for that is your team. The key for that is your people in your possibility team, your three cell, you know, your team, because other people experience your value immensely. They are, they love you. They are your friends that you, that you have this magic at the, at, the, at the same time. So they can tell you, you can tell each other, just get together in your possibility teams over and over, not just once and get it. So this is your quality. This is what you can deliver. Go on stage, practice that, deliver it right now. Beep, shift, go, beep, shift, go and improve your ability to deliver your non-material value. But part of that is a healing is part of it is that unmasking so like uh johanna can i can i talk with you as an example yeah okay so i i haven't seen you in years but i i you know and so and yet i scan you right now and i see that you have this amazing cute smile on your face with your head tilted to the side and you have your hair kind of cut short and you have this rosiness you have a, a shininess and a rosiness and a kind of sweetness and and ch childishness like that and it's it's adorable it's really adorable and i think it's in i think it's it's standing between you and you're being able to deliver the power of that you have your true clarity your true your true value your your true non-material value is is masked behind this kind of show. And so what you, what, what, the, way, the reason I'm saying that is because part of your team will be to take you through the healing and evolutionary process where the mask falls off. The mask just cracks off. The makeup falls off. You know, the, the pretend part falls away. And the thing that your real non-material value can come out in your safe space of your team. And then, then that's what can be provided for the whole world. Then, so that's, that's what I'm saying. So, Joy, Johanna, I, I, I could be wrong. Just I'm letting you know. But I'm just saying that it just kind of looks like that. That was very cute the way you did your shoulders. So that was really that was nice. <laughs> and Chloe. Yeah, and Jay, I think also really this part, this moment, like they're kind of standing on this edge, this edge of God. I can't. We were talking. I was talking I can't go back. It's too painful to go back into the material corporate empire patriarchal. And then, and, but how am I gonna live out there? What is it, like Clinton said, what's my real non-material value? And I think this leap requires a form of being willing to go insane. To, there's an, a form of insanity to say, there's, I'm going to leave something behind. There will be something that I leave behind. And, you know, you talked about this, but it might also be, you know, your parents. 
leave your parents behind. Maybe leave your children behind. If they're completely, you know, inside the modern, what a modern culture, material culture, and maybe some friends that you'll leave behind. And so that means like Clinton was giving this example of going into town for a restaurant and, and your, your friends might be, God, which restaurant are we going to pick? You know, this, this has great food. This has great review. And, and, and your choice will be, I'm going to go to any restaurant to create a non-material value space with you. My value is completely different from your value. And it doesn't mean you can't connect, but you up to something completely different than what they seem to be up to. Mm. And, and that, it, it might seem kind of like going insane, going crazy. God, can I really do this? Can I really live and have a completely different purpose than most of the people around me? You're talking about making a space within a space. If there's a physical space and it has a certain purpose and you're, you're gonna create a different space that has a different context and a different purpose, that is a non-material value. You can create a space that's different from the physical space. And it can be a healing space, a loving space, a communication space, a transformation space. It can be any kind of other space that is not the cafe. I'm sure you guys have had experiences of that. You know, you're not in the cafe, you're in this space with someone else and something big and important and real happens, but it's not the cafe. You know, so it's, in, it's making this energetic space. Maren. Yes, thank you. I, I'm afraid of uh, saying this. Um, my, I have, um, I live 10 years in a, in a community and that we try to live with non-material values and uh, it crashed totally. There has been the situation that, um, that other, others take the advantage of us or, or of me. And um, there has been a the fight with the, with the modern culture of, um, that they try to, 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 um, to prove me that I am wrong with, with this kind of uh, imagination that the world could uh, has been as this, and they really try to break to 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 break myself uh, to make me down, and um, and it was very grateful that you spoke about it is about to have if I have one feet in the one world and one feet in the other world that I have to negotiate and have to negotiate with a lot of consciousness. And, th and that, that I really have to be clear about what is my non-material value and that, I, that the gremlins go out of this area. Otherwise, I it, it will break down. Otherwise, that will be the... An, uh, a really total gremlin world. It's very, it's, it seems to be the same and it's not the same. Uh, to say I, I live in a non-material value world, if you if you make it with the gremlin or not, and to do the same things and they are not the same. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is another really important value of a team is to share stories like this. 
is to say, hey, I tried this and it did not work because I was not paying attention to this. And to help improve and just keep help in, in the case that you're saying was about improving your negotiating. Yes. To say, hey, this, but not that, or being clear about it. You know, I don't go around in the world announcing that I live in a non-material value culture to people's faces. And I don't do it because like you said, people will attack me. You know, the tax office yes. will attack me or- you know, the There's different... so much force in there. Yeah. So it really is, hurts, totally. Being, yeah. And, and it's not being stupid about that. But at the same time, somebody believes in their world, you, you know, people believe they're Catholic, you know, and then they go around and, and try to convert natives and, and give them carpets, you know, that are filled with smallpox disease and steal all their gold and rape their, you know, this is, this is Catholicism. People, but people say, hey, I'm Catholic. People say I'm American. You know, Americans invade, they, they go in and assassinate democratically elected, you know, presidents and then, then cause riots and then put in a military regime because they want access to the molybdenum mines. You know, they want, so, 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 and people say, hey, I'm American, you know, and they go in and they're doing completely insane stuff, really insane stuff in the, and, and so, you know, this, I can grant myself permission to say, I am Arkan. I am, I am in the culture of the non-material culture of archaearchy. And I, I do stuff that to other people is insane. Just, you know, just completely like, we're going to give a talk, I think, was it this talk? I don't know. We were going to pay people to come to the talk. <laughs> we're just going to do it the other way around. The next talk. <laughs> yeah, the next <laughs> <laughs> we just pay people to come to the talk. We'll give you five euros if you come to this talk. And it's, it's just completely different orientation from, you know, it's insane in the profit-oriented culture, but it, but it totally works in archaearchy. And so what I'm saying is you, you, need your, you need your space, like Anne Chloe said, to act crazy by the definition of another culture's craziness. But for you... It, it works, just totally works. And so I just wanna go back to this thing. We don't know the immense value, non-material value of our presence, of our connection, of the possibility we can create. We don't know that. And when we're in our teams, we can help each other get clarity about it and practice doing the kind of negotiations, Maureen, you're talking about. You can forget. Practice making legends, practice making offers, and then make the next offer, and then make the next offer. And these are all things that you know we you we need to do, and we cannot do it in the you know the time of this talk. But that's what we do in our groups, week after week, whatever. Practicing that, building out the talents in us for delivering our non-material value. That happens in your groups, in your team. I mean, for for example. One of the ways, so you can do that in your team. One of the ways also is to notice people who call you up and say, can we have coffee? Or can we go out for dinner? You know, and they call you and, and, and really what their value is being in your presence. 
and you mm. can decide okay being i say yes to the coffee because being in your presence is a great exchange of value for you to be in my presence something like that but if you know people keep asking you and it's this like little free thing and you don't say and you don't take responsibility for the value of your presence saying look if you want this value of my presence i'm holding a work talk a workshop about these questions that you keep asking me because i think there's other people who also have the same question and and i'm gonna whatever i will hold space with my presence for for this and that that it's it is um, like a respect. It's like a respect for your non-material value of your presence of being. It's a respectful way to, you know, for me, it's like to be grateful, whatever, to say thank you, to say thank you to Gaia, to say thank you to the shape of my being, to say thank you to the resources that are willing to come through me to say, I'm going to make use of you. It's a, I want to just add the word celebration. It's because it's actually a celebration of the mm -hmm. immense non-material value that you get to experience in yourself. I mean, it's, it's really bizarre, but in school, for example, each, every time we're given an opportunity to create something, it's, it's, it is crushed. It is judged, it's graded, it's, it's criticized. And we're in this environment where I'm not gonna create anything because I'll just get negative attention. So I can't expose my, myself. I can't show my creation force because it's going to be judged, criticized. I'll be blamed, made fun of, you know. Or, or praised, and, or praised, which is the same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the positive praising is the same thing, yeah. It's an external authority. And so, so we're trained to not create in public, to create stuff. And so, to create your non-material value in, in public as an offer is a celebration. Like it's really a celebration that you have that possibility, that you can, you know, you have these resources. And there, there's resources inside of you and there's resources outside of you and they're all yours and they're all non-material. You know, so your bright principles are non-material resource outside of yourself. Your your stellated feelings are a non-material resource inside of yourself. Your archetypal lineage is a non-material value outside of yourself. So on an, there's all these huge amounts of resources that are available for you to work with in the non-material world. And, and each one is, it, you need to practice it. You just need to practice it. You know? And then, so that's where the team is for, practicing in your team. Yeah, Angela or Alice. Can you say? Angela. Yeah, yeah, I'm Angela from Tamera, and I recognize that I'm so fearful and couldn't listen now the last minutes because I'm so busy. Um, we live here as a community, and we have this um, high value also of the non-material. Um, yeah, of the non-material values. For example, our wise women, they don't create something, they don't cook, they don't do this, but they create uh, healing spaces or also a person who is on its healing path here has this value in the community. So this is really for me, 
not a question, but a question is really how is the interface yeah, with, with the material world? Because after two years of COVID, not having guests where we can give our non-material values, the seminars, the knowledge Tamara has um, in certain areas, we are on the phase where we don't um, where we don't know how to buy the next gas for cooking or no, it's not that it will come soon, sooner or later. So I'm really like busy how to yeah, what is happening there? And then this was the one thing how to shift. Yeah. And the other thing was I'm at the moment responsible for one of our community kitchens. And um, of course, I'm helping that there is every day a meal. But how could I add to this space of people having a meal, my um, non-material contribution by creating a, a more space of where they feel welcomed, where they feel home, where they feel seen, where they feel embraced? Yeah. So this was also a question I was looking at um, besides creating a space where they can eat, how can I add to this space really not the food, but the, the yeah, a feeling. Yeah. yeah, those are both really big questions. So I, we don't have so much time, but I just wanna say the your community has taking on parasites. So um, one, one parasite is you borrowed money from banks or people or something. It, is this true? You guys have paying back over loans? The over, over years, we don't have bank loans. As far as I know, we have only um, loans from private people. And we got, okay. a big, we got a big donation some two years ago, and we lived now from the donation and got also lazy and parasites. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So get rid of the parasites that, that your community has. Your community has parasites. Here's another parasite. When I was there at Tamara, I knew that people had to leave Tamara every year to go work at Christmas markets to get enough money to give to Tamara. And so, yeah. okay, so what's happening there is your game world called Tamara is contaminated by a parasite using a currency that comes from outside of Tamara. Mm -hmm. So you're using euros or something, which is made by banks or countries, and they, you have brought that inside the game world of Tamara. You're using euros inside of your game world. Your game world is contaminated with a parasite. You do not have to do that. You can make your own currency. You can do other things, but you can take the euros and put them into a buffer zone between Tamara and the other world. So all euros go into this office and they don't go into Tamara at all, for example. So that's this is one kind of conversation to start to have. The other thing, just it's just my ideas, I'm sure other people have lots of ideas about, you know, you come into your restaurant, you come into the caf cafeteria at Tamara and you have a menu. And your menu is, you know, the the, the, the physical menu and the non-physical menu, the, the non-material menu. And the, men, the non-material menu is a listening space, a heal, you know, a, um, a transformation conversation, a distinction. Uh, you, you, you go through a process, you get, there's a, a whole different menu, you get two menus. Every time you come in there, you have two menus. 
this would just bright, it would feed more than the physical body. You feed the intellectual body, the heart, your energetic body, your archetypal body. You can feed different foods besides just physical food at your cafe. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot more that, that could happen. I remember now when I was um, also doing a lot of the bar shifts in the evening, closing the evening bar shifts, I gave them in something from something, love schools, for example, a sentence from the day, which they could take into the night and were still, yeah, something. Yeah, it's more, it's more toward process. Like mm -hmm. what you're giving is an idea or a distinction, you know, it's like the, the, a saying or something, you know, something to a positive thinking thing, but take people into processes, mm. really bring process because that's where the, that's where they get fed. Mm. Something can change in them. Mm. What were you going to say? For example, in, um, I'm breaking a secret here. It's a big state secret. <laughs> in labs, we have a special place called an intimacy cafe, and we have distilled um, questions mm that are gateways for five body intimacy journeys. So five body, when I say it's intellectual, physical, emotional, energetic, and archetypal. And these questions that have immense value because asking the question and going on this journey together brings tremendous change. And so one of the possibility is for you to start distilling these questions and to try them on people say, okay, this worked. I needed to change that one. This one didn't work, put it on the side. And then that's part of the menu. People can, you have a basket, people put their hands in and pick a question and they go on this journey with someone as they're having their, their uh, physical body nourishing food. Wow. Oh, I'm just having pictures now. <laughs> cool, okay. Which is a non-material value. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We have a few minutes left. Somebody else is sitting on a question. Masha or Julia, somebody. Well, not so much. Uh, well, one question is I have the question of exchange, like because is that part of the, the buffer zone? Because I mean, the, the whole thing of exchange, that it has to be a fair exchange, seems to me still linked to the material value world. OK, wait, Julia, it will not be a fair exchange. Non-material yeah. value has so much more value than money can pay for. You know this, yeah. right? So do, forget about fairness, really. So, Adult level yeah. responsibility, things have to be fair. But high level in, our, in, in radical responsibility is much higher level of responsibility. It's no longer fair. So just yeah. forget about fairness and just take care yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And I want to drop here a project that I'm on that um, we're experimenting to create a non-material value culture by living on a piece of land. And yeah, and still I'm, I'm sort of with one foot in the material world and a non-material value we're offering as weekly articles in our research, how that goes with non-material value. So if you want to be on that journey, I'm going to post the, the link on the, the Patreon link here and you can, you can follow us. Thank you. Wait, Julia, question. Yeah. Um, Patreon link means that to have access to these news, do we, we have to pay? Well, yes, yeah, to access to the weekly news. And we have a website that you can follow us on too, but that, yeah. 
Okay, I would have a proposal about this in terms of the invitation that Clinton has made about this imbalance, the creating this imbalance mm -hmm. of non-material value is provide the updates for free, provide the article for free, provide, you know, this, this uh, be this unreasonable source of non-material value. And then you have a space. You want to build a bridge house? You want to build a hub? You want to build a non-material value? This is a 12-week course where where you go through your processes that we've been through but the patreon thing yeah okay yeah okay thank you for that feedback i'll i'll do that so i'll post the link and i'll make them accessible without payment yeah thank you i just want to specify the patreon thing is really a, a kind of begging thing in the materialistic world and then you're a victim and then you're participating in it so i, I encourage people just just get that off your website, really completely take it off and go for really creating non-material value so much that, that the universe takes care of you, so, okay? Small Johanna, thing, I know, I want, Joanna, but for Julia, I know you have also a, a little message on your website that says, buy me coffee. Johanna, go ahead. The one thing I want to share is that for me, it's really not about either or, and it's- Can you say more about that? Say yeah, more I, about that. Yeah, I, I feel rage when I listen and I, what I hear is a lot of talking about borders between non-material and material world. And me, I live in one world, and we have, of, of course, the distinctions and the maps of responsibility and so on. But it's not um, that money is not bad. Yeah, it's what I want to to share. And yeah. I I feel fear to to say that I love money, and I love to take care about money, and I love to take care about the material stuff to take care about my body and what I I get. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Thank you. Any more hands almost up yet? Some anybody still holding your hand down? Yeah, I have I have fear. I um I have I am like you. I'm sorry I missed your name. Um, Johanna, I also um, have a good relationship with money and I actually see it, it has an ability to do good. And I, I sit in a fearful place of having money and having expectation placed to use that money to do certain things. And I know what I want to do with it and, and I want to be really clear with that and I want to make a stand for where I'm at with that. Um, yeah, that's what I want to say. Thank you. I would just like to say that um, please do not try to distort the conversation that we've been having has anything negative to say about money. Because we not ever, I, we hardly even use the word money. So it's, it has nothing to do with it. And so I hear a kind of a philosophy that you're speaking right now about money is good. I can do good things with money. It has a kind of philosophical, it's a, a rap, if you know what a rap is, it's kind of a speech that uh, certain people give because they're in 
they're selling whatever bitcoins or something like that. And it's just a, a kind of a speech. So I'm I, I am hearing that. I'm not sure if that's what you're saying, but just we didn't, there's nothing, you know, there wasn't anything really good or bad or right or wrong about any of the things we said in here about with regards to uh, physical, like material, the material value world. It just has consequences. And if there's, there's ways to live on planet earth within different belief systems or different relationships to different things. And there's no right or wrong way, but there are consequences. And if, and I imagine the people in this conversation have been people who've experimented with, you know, having money or not having money, whatever. It's not that the, that the, the non-material world is in a way starving. It's been starving inside of people. So if you have a longing for dancing in the non-material world, there's a whole different uh, set of contexts or skills that are needed. And so that's what this conversation has been about. It's about where do you put your point of origin? Do you put your point of origin in a game world that's run by bankers? Where do you put your point of origin in a game world, whatever, called Gaia? It's a, a living value, you know, high value thing that, that's, and so it's not an either or like Johanna said, you know, it's not this right or wrong or good or bad or either this or that. And we have not been educated in the non-material. We really, it's been blocked. And so this team has been a research conversation in the, how to, how to source non-material value in the world to such a degree that it can be the center of your world rather than submitting yourself to having to earn enough money to pay your rent. And that's being the center of your world. It's like a survival kind of thing. And so anyway, I appreciate everybody's contribution to this space in joining us on this investigative journey that we just made together. And Chloe, can you help wrap this up, please? I will send out an email. And this is a logistical wrap up. I'm going to send out an email to all of us so you get each other's email and I'll send uh, Julia your link. And it, if anybody of you want me to send a link, some kind of project where you're offering non-material value and you want to make it known, just send me a private email or telegram and I'll include that in our, the non-material value package that you'll get through email. Yeah, and yeah, thank you. I think this is like Clinton said in the beginning, we're, this is an introduction. You know, this is really a five-day trainings. We haven't even started talking about, um, you know, including initiate, initiatory processes, you know, growing up evolution in this conversation, phase one of adulthood, phase two of adulthood. And um, yeah, I think there's a, a lot more of experiments uh, to try, really to try to, and okay, one more thing that I wanna say is that it could be that your job could be that your job is to hold space for people to to experience the shift to extract themselves from a material value culture into a non-material value culture and it could have been why you came to this talk to 
um, feed this part of your space holding so you can give it to you, the people in your circle. So if that's your job, yeah, um, please do it. <laughs> that would be my, my invitation. And I, I'd like to just share how touched I was or still am by the quality of appreciation and the noticing that came out when we were sharing about the what can be what's created by each of our each person's individual being their quality of being and how powerful that creation force came across and i'm just still really appreciative and touched by that so thank you all for that it's mm -hmm. kind of a new reference point for me thank you thank you i want to appreciate uh, Madame Gabriela Clara, who's been translating intensely for two hours into Polish, and that is intense non-material value being created. <laughs> so thank you, Gabriela. Thank you. Okay, thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you. See you around. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Natalia. Bye. Okay.